Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Parent of the People podcast. I am your host, Justin, and today I have got, can you believe it? It is already week seven. I've got the week seven preview and a little bit of a week six review as well. Um, it's been two weeks since I posted. I'm sorry. You know, I'm at I'm at that point of of the year and I, I suppose in my life as well where, you know, I am in high school. College applications are going in. It's that season. So there's there's not a lot of time. Um, exactly. And I, and I do sincerely apologize for that. Once we hit November 1st, I am going to be, I promise, weekly uploads. And this is going to be a bit of a quick episode just because I want to have something out there, but it is going to be a lot more thorough back to sort of how it was for the first few episodes. Once I am able to dedicate that time once again, um, this is, this is still something, of course, that I am incredibly passionate about, but simply haven't, simply haven't had the time trying to get something in at least. But I will be going to a more regular schedule, starting for probably starting like week eight next week. I hope to upload as well. But starting like week eight, week nine, I should be easily at a once a week schedule, and I'll try once in a while even to do a little bit more. Um, so without further ado, I I don't really have a script or anything for this episode. It's sort of just uh, I'm sort of just gonna speak my thoughts, speak my mind a little bit on things that are happening around the league. So looking at last week, you had one of the biggest games of the year. It'll end up being one of the biggest games of the year. Bills versus or Bills at Chiefs. And the Bills did end up winning 24 to 20. And this was not quite the offensive explosion that some people had predicted it to be. It was still, you know, 24-20, still an offensive game, I suppose. But we did see from two teams that are known for their prolific offenses, especially the Chiefs, um, they can still play defense very well, particularly the Bills. They're one of the most talented teams. They are the most talented team in the NFL, and the Chiefs are up there as well. And there is a high likelihood that we end up seeing these teams again in the AFC Championship. In, is it is it early February now? Because obviously they moved um, the Super Bowl. I think think it's i don't know if it's in february now it might still be in january i i i'm not sure let me check really quick actually um no it's still in january it's still it's still at the end of january i just wanted to see um but yeah these are two teams that are going to be competing and they're going to be neck and neck for most of the year for that top seed in the AFC for that bye week because now now of course it's only one team that gets the bye in both conferences I, li- I preferred the former structure, six teams, two get the bye week, and also a 16-game schedule, for, or a 16-game slate for each team, not the 17, but I mean, that, that that's an entirely separate conversation, but there were some other things that happened last week. The New York Jets, you know, I'm not going to be biased and speak about them extra, but it is a storyline that we have to be speaking about. I mean, this is a team that went into Lambeau. The Packers were 15 and 0. They've won they'd won 15 straight games at Lambeau. They went in there and they beat Aaron Rodgers 27 to 10 on the back of their defense. The offense, Zach Wilson did not play very well in that game. So the fact that they went in there and did that, despite the relatively lackluster offensive performance, particularly from the quarterback, it was astounding. I mean, this is a team. That this is a team that if the Chiefs put five more points on the board the other day, if they ended up beating the Bills, 
the Jets would be in first place in the AFC East right now. I mean, it's it's one of the most stunning developments this NFL season, I would say, and it's not particularly close. Some people, uh, people who are very down on the Jets, not not very optimistic people, very pessimistic people, they might have said, yeah, they have four wins. They're approaching, if not already at their season win total. They've got four wins through six games, and they're about to play a Denver team without Russell Wilson, with Brett Rippon starting, and then they've got a New England team who has been getting a lot better. Uh, no, not not New England yet. I think New England is actually week. T- is New England week eight? Yeah, New England is week eight. Um, yeah, they've got a New England team that's coming to town. That I'll speak to them. I speak about them in a little bit. But they're improving. But they're still not a great team. They could be six and two. Heading into a game against Buffalo at home, which Buffalo will probably win. But this is this is one of the true storylines so far this NFL season. Um, yeah, it's it's going it's crazy what is happening with them. But talking about the Packers, it's odd seeing this because we've seen this this Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur pairing work so incredibly well through the first few years together. And this year, it, it's. It's not as if Aaron Rodgers has been bad. It's not as if the offense has been horrible, but they're not putting up these crazy numbers. They're they're not having these massive offensive explosions that you would expect out of the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And the defense has been subpar, to say the least, so far this year. They they don't look like a contender, or, or at least as of now. They could absolutely. Remember Aaron Rodgers, the REL, AX, Relax, when was that? 2016, I want to say it was. 2017. Um, and they ran the table to finish out the year, and they ended up making it to, I think it was the... I, I don't think they made it to the NFC Championship. I think they made it to the divisional round, because I think they beat the Cowboys in the wild card round that year. Yeah, that's what ended up happening. And then they lost to... I forgot if they lost... I think they lost to Minnesota. No. Am I mixing up my years? I might be mixing up my years. Shoot, hold on, one moment. All right, so I was getting my years mixed up with Honey, but the relaxed thing was a few years before that. Um, but the run the table thing that was that year, and they did beat the Giants in the wild. They smells the year they smoked the Giants in the wild card, and they did beat the Cowboys in the divisional round, and then they lost to the Falcons. They got murdered by the Falcons in the NFC Championship. I, I was getting a few years mixed up there. That I don't know what happened there. Um. But yeah, that was fun. I mean, who knows? It, it is still Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVP, you know, two-time reigning, four, fourth-time overall. Like, I mean, it, it's still Aaron Rodgers. Uh, who knows, though? Who knows? The Vikings look good. They, they, The offense in particular has looked really, really spectacular. Um, so that's something to look out for. The Buccaneers have not been great. The offense has not been good. We saw Tom Brady... Uh, frankly, eviscerating his offensive line on the sidelines. I mean, he was going bonkers. He was screaming at them. He wanted them dead. They lost this week to the 1-4, and four, now 2-4 and four Pittsburgh Steelers, which, again, ha- it hasn't been spoken about too much, surprisingly. But this is one of the more shocking developments of this 2022 NFL season. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have not looked all too great. And I don't know why. We're not hearing about him more. Frankly, we we should. They've been bad. Not bad, but relative relative to what we expected. 
I mean, they, they have Tom Brady at quarterback, who everyone says is the greatest quarterback of all time. And I'm not saying he isn't, but I mean, he sure hasn't looked like it this season. Maybe the, uh, I'm not going to comment on the personal stuff, but maybe it's getting to him. Who knows? Um, yeah, it hasn't looked great from him. Um, we had the Broncos play the Chargers last week and just a weird game. The Broncos, I, I know I spoke about the Broncos a little bit already. They suck. They stink. They're terrible. Uh, there's not much else. And the Chargers, Brandon Staley is, I think, a good head coach in terms of, like, coaching up the team. You know, that's what a head coach is supposed to do. But in terms of game management is, like, just flat-out horrible. He needs to complete—I don't know if he has—I rel- don't think he's relinquished those duties entirely. He needs to. He needs to get a guy that can handle all that stuff. I know that teams in the past have done that when they've had issues. They The Chargers need to look into that ASAP. I mean, they—Staley easily could have cost them the game. So that's something. Um, you had the Giants come back to beat the Ravens. People have been saying, you know, since they started like two and one, I think they start. Yeah, they started two and one. Oh, they're the worst two and one team in the history of football. And then there was, oh, they're the worst three and one team in the history of football. And then four and one now, five and one. Um, They're still five and one. Like, Wins like like people are gonna say the schedule hasn't been crazy so far. They did just beat the Ravens, who've been great. They just beat the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, uh, in London. They they went to London and they beat the Packers. They the the only game they've lost was to the Cowboys, and that was a relatively close game. Like five and what you play who's on your schedule. You can't attack them for not beating the Bills and the Chiefs. All right, and it hasn't even been too like a super easy schedule. They're five and one. Like that is meaningful in the NFL. You can't just keep saying, "Oh, they're the worst five and one team." On paper, yes. On paper, they are not the most talented team. If you like were to look at the the roster of each NFL team, independent of any other factors, just the the roster, the player, the the players, and said before the year, what do I think this team's record is going to be? You would not peg the Giants as starting at five and one. And in retrospect, I still don't think that the Giants have the players to normally go five and one, nor do they have even close to the typical talent level of a five and one team. But this coaching staff, Brian Dayball and his guys have been an absolute revelation in East Rutherford. And it has been really exciting to watch this new era of New York football, the Jets, the Giants, and the ones pretty much in Canada in the Buffalo Bills, um, they, people, people, people always say like, oh, the Bills are the only New York football team. When you talk about New York football, there's only one team. They're like, not even in New York, like they're literally in Canada, which I didn't even realize until a few like months ago. It's just making me think Detroit is pretty much like in Canada, like, cause it's not as far North as other States. I don't know if I sound like a total idiot right now, but like the, 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 um, Lion Stadium, it's like five minutes from the Canadian border, which is crazy. I think it might even be closer to the Canadian border than the uh, Bills Stadium is, which is nuts. But I'm getting totally sidetracked right now. But anyways, New York football is back, like big time. You've got, not including New York City, you've got the Bills, who are the best team in football, 
I mean, you know, you could say the Eagles, but in my mind, I, I do think the Bills are the best team in football, as much as I may hate them as a Jet fan. And then you've got the 5-1 and one Giants and 4-2 and two Jets. This is an exciting time for the National Football League, you know, for the biggest market in, you know, one of the, one of the biggest markets in the world, surely the biggest sports market in the world, to actually be completely relevant in football. Now, the Bills aren't part of that market. They're in a small market. But you, you get what I'm saying for New York State. And, well, no, you, you can't. I keep going back to this. You can't really classify it as New York State because they're in New Jersey. You get what I'm – you all get what I'm saying. You all get my point. Um, so, yeah, this was – this wasn't quite the craziest week of football, week six, but it was still certainly interesting. It was football. We had some upsets. Um, nothing absolutely wild, but we had we had some things happen. Uh, so, we do have this upcoming week to look forward to. Speaking about the Giants, one of the most interesting things that I, I, I have – you know, or something that I find super interesting about this upcoming week. You've got the Giants at Jaguars, and the line right now, it really has not moved at all. I think it's been pretty static. Jags are three-point favorites, which the two and four Jaguars, they looked promising at the beginning of the year, but they have not quite panned out in the way that we thought they would based on our initial impression of the Doug Peterson Jaguars, who I still think is the guy. I still think that down the line... They could be a competitive team. It doesn't look like they will be this year. But the fact that they're favorites over a 5-1 and one team, it seems like even the betting markets are running with this narrative of worst 5-1 and one team of all time, which eventually, you know, I think that the Giants, frankly, are going to get to 6-1 and one this week. They are playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I don't know why they're favored. Can you keep saying worst 6-1 and one football team of all time? Like, sure, there has to be one. Like, there has to be one worst of everything. But... It's it's getting a little ridiculous at this point. Like, just acknowledge the fact that they're a good, solid football team that can win games. What matters, it doesn't matter how it looks. What matters is that you're winning. And that's exactly what the New York Giants are doing. So their fans should be incredibly happy with the job that Brian Dayball has done. And once Joe Shane can put an even better roster around the coaches, if you could even call it that, because it seems like at this point, the coaches might almost be like the focal point of the Giants. They're the ones, I mean, they've done such an incredible job. Once they put a better roster in place, this is going to be a legitimate contender if if they're not already, which again, even I have to admit, I don't think they are, but we'll see what happens. Um, you do have some other interesting games. The Saints-Cardinals game already happened. I unfortunately did not get to watch it. But Kyler is Kyler. Kyler played great. Cliff Kingsbury should not be the coach of this team anymore, regardless of this win, regardless of the fact that they put up 42 points, 14 of which were off of pick sixes. Andy Dalton did not look great. I, I do see Jameis Winston being the starter next week over Andy Dalton. So that was a game high scoring. Uh, certainly an improvement over what we've had over the past few weeks of Thursday night football because weeks weeks five and six Thursday night football we've gotten a combined forty points from all four teams over those two weeks. That's an average of ten points per team. In case you couldn't do that math, that's abysmal. All right, this week the Cardinals alone beat that. So nice to see that happening. Um, nice to it's good to know that Al Michaels. <laughs> doesn't have to be as miserable anymore as it seemed like he had been. It seemed like he was going to retire like at halftime during either of those two games, weeks five or week six. Um, so 
that's nice to see. Fortunately, we do get a little bit of a stinker on Monday night. Bears at Patriots. Blah. But we do have some interesting games this week. Chiefs at 49ers, matchup of the Super Bowl from a couple years back. 49ers just got McCaffrey. I wasn't even thinking about that. Wow. What a trade that was. They gave up quite the haul, John Lynch and the 49ers did. And I, I, I do think it's interesting because that offense, that San Francisco Kyle Shanahan offense with a dominant, fast, explosive, versatile running back like that could be absolutely incredible. Now, they have, I don't believe that they've had a single thousand yard rusher during the Kyle Shanahan era. And that's because they just have so many guys who they, you know, go between. And guys get hurt there. I don't know what it is, but San Francisco 49ers running backs just cannot seem to stay healthy. And that is why with this trade, I think they gave up a lot. They gave up a second, a third, and more. If McCaffrey could stay healthy, this is a Super Bowl contender. If McCaffrey cannot stay healthy, they're not a Super Bowl contender. And this was a complete joke of a trade. I love Christian McCaffrey. I think he is one of the most exciting players if not talented overall players in the entire National Football League. But that if that I, I was saying, if, if he can stay healthy, that is such a huge if because he has not been able to stay healthy over the past couple of years. When he is on the field, he is nothing short of electric and he completely opens up any offense. And I think that he will do that when he's on the field for the 49ers. However, if he cannot stay healthy, this is going to end up being a really bad trade because they already gave up their first round pick this year, the 49ers did, in the Trey Lance deal. Scott Fitterer is going to make out like a bandit, or at least it's going to look like he did if McCaffrey cannot stay healthy. And hopefully he does. Of course, no one wants anyone to get hurt uh, except for Sean Payton and Greg Williams, but that's a, a conversation for another day. Uh, um, Jesus, what am I doing talking about that? Uh, <laughs> I, I had to throw that in there. But uh, yeah. I mean, this this could be a really good trade for either team. I don't see any avenue for, for this to become what, what would look like a bad trade, per se, for the Panthers. I think regardless, they made out well. But if McCaffrey cannot play well, or, or not, it's not a question of whether he can play well. If he can stay, If he can't stay on the field, this is going to look like a pretty brilliant trade for Scott Fitterer, who has not had the greatest tenure as, a, as the Panthers general manager. You, you could, of course point to the job that Matt Rule has done for the lack of success on the field, hence why he's not even there. Oh, you know, what? This is totally, you know, going off the rails right now. Robbie Anderson, my goodness, Sun God, his name, changed his name during the offseason, Robbie with a Y to Robbie with IE, absolutely goes off at Steve Wilkes during the game, gets traded to Arizona the next, like the next day. Like, what's wrong with this guy? And I, I can't, um, my God, I always think of, I can't get into the details. You could look up um, Robbie Anderson's interaction with uh, a cop and what he said about the cop's wife. That was, it was like a few years ago. It's like, that's what I think of whenever I hear Robbie Anderson. Like, I can't share the details because, you know, this is, this is not an explicit podcast. I'd have to change the label on it. Um, just look up, look up what Robbie Anderson said about a cop's wife, a cop's wife's eyes. Is, is what I'll advise you all to do, or just do it at your own risk. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the guy's a nut job, and, you know, he's talented, and he was a really fun player to watch develop in New York. Um, but the guy's, the guy's lost it. Um, yeah, I mean, that was funny. Like, he, what, he was screaming at Wilkes, and then he, 
he uh, he got sent into the locker room. I kind of like this, you know. There's I know I'm going off on such a tangent right now, but there's no script to this episode, and I like it. I'm just speaking freely. It's it's more spontaneous, you know. Uh, um, if you guys if you guys want to, let me know if you guys kind of like this structure a little bit more because obviously it doesn't like I, you could tell I haven't done as much research as I normally would into an episode. This is more just you know just off the cuff what I'm saying right now. But let me know if you guys prefer this. I think I'm maybe I'll alternate between things depending on what kind of podcast it is because I like this this is it, it feels nice you know just to kind of speak my mind because I could I could go on forever about this frankly um but I'm just you know for for the sake of time going between certain things I know that you know my mind will go to one thing you know it'll go from like the 49ers to McCaffrey to Robbie Anderson and then the cop thing which is still absolutely hilarious um if you man that was funny that 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 story when that happened a few years ago. I mean, it's not funny that he got arrested and said that, but um, you guys get my point. Um, so there are a few games this week to at least watch. I suppose the Falcons and the Bengals are both three and three. The Falcons have played as well as they could with the roster that they have, and people are gonna like complain about Arthur Smith not using Kyle Pitts, and I agree. It is absolutely ridiculous the way that they misused Kyle Pitts, but they're winning. They're winning football games. No one had this team going 3-3 three and three to start the year, and they're going to go into Cincinnati. I do think Cincinnati ends up winning this game, but if Atlanta wins this game and goes 4-4, four and four, people aren't really speaking about the Falcons much. But this is a team that, I, I don't want to say the majority of people, but a large quantity of analysts and other human beings in general, I'll say, had pegged as the favorite for the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft, and they were going to go ahead and take C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. I personally think Bryce Young is the better prospect. That that I'm definitely not going to get into right now. Uh, C.J. Stroud is still really good. Uh, all right, you see, I'm going off the rails again. But um, I, I still do think that they are going to end up needing a quarterback in the near future. Mariota's not it, and we don't know with Desmond Ritter at this point. But they have no incentive to put him in. They're winning football games. This is not a great team. So credit to Arthur Smith. As much flack as he might get for the whole Kyle Pitts thing. And they would be doing even better if they didn't just have Kyle Pitts as like an inline blocker. Because that's that's obviously not Kyle Pitts. The dude, I mean, you could line him up out wide. And he, uh, he I'm not going to call him Megatron. But he's like, he's the closest that we have to Megatron in the NFL right now. In terms of uh, him as a talent. Certainly not how he's utilized, but as a talent. So if they could beat Cincinnati, again, I think Cincinnati's going to win. But, like, that's something to definitely keep an eye on this week. And and you do have the Bucks going to the Panthers. Speaking about the NFC South with the Falcons and now them. Um, Bucks should win that game, but if they don't, it is absolutely time to sound the alarms in Tampa Bay. I mean, that means things have gone Badly. And another, this is going to be a really fun game. Seattle at the LA Chargers. That is going to be a blast. Gino has been absolutely lighting it up. And the Chargers, they're four and two. They haven't quite been as dominant as I would have expected heading into the year, but they're still a good, a really good football team. But again, as I was saying, Brandon Staley does need to clean up his act a little bit with the game management. We'll, we'll see how that game goes. That is going to be a really fun game. And I am expecting a significant offensive output from both sides in that game. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. That's going to be a fun one. So that's, I, I guess I could run through the games real quick and give picks. 
Um, Saints Cardinals already happened. I would have picked the Cardinals, frankly. Uh, but I'll go through. Jets Broncos. Jets are now the, the betting favorites with Brett Rippon out, which is crazy. Uh, the Jets favorites in an away game. It's something I have not seen in a long time. I do have the Jets winning. Falcons Bengals. I've got the Bengals winning. Lions Cowboys. Got the Cowboys winning. Colts Titans. I've got the Titans. Packers Commanders. I've got the Packers. Bucks Panthers. I've got the Bucks. Giants Jaguars. I've got the Giants. Browns Ravens. I've got the Ravens. Texans Raiders. I've got the Raiders. Seahawks Chargers. Ooh, I think I might go Seahawks. I that might come back to bite me, but I think I'm gonna go with the Seahawks in that one. Yeah, I've got the Seahawks winning that. All right, next game, I've got the Chiefs beating the Niners. I've got the Dolphins beating the Steelers in Tua's return game, and I've got the Patriots beating the Bears. So those are all my picks. And yeah, uh, I'm gonna get going. Thank you all for tuning in. This was again, as I said, a little bit of a spontaneous episode. I, I suppose you could call it, but I had fun and I hope you guys all had fun listening to it as well. So thanks for tuning in and I hope to see you guys next time. Thank you so much. Have a good one.